Hey there, this is Pam Perry, publisher of Speakers Magazine. We have one of the speakers that has been featured in our December issue that had Dr. Cindy Trim on the cover, Dr. Lisa H. Fuller. So before I bring her up, let me tell you a little bit about her. She is a psychiatrist. She's a consultant, author, speaker, and missionary. For more than 30 years, Dr. Lisa H. Fuller has practiced psychiatry in Michigan, Ohio, Indiana, West Virginia, and presently, she is the CEO and Chief Medical Officer of Discern Life Consultants Health. Present and past academic appointments include Wayne State University, Yay! School of Medicine, Department of Psychiatry and Behavioral Neurosciences. She was assistant professor, psychiatric resident, training programs, numerous teaching guest lecture assignments. Not only has she earned a medical degree, but she's also earned a Bachelor of Science degree in Chemistry, as well as an Associate's of Arts degree in Christian Leadership and an Honorary Doctorate of Divinity. Dr. Fuller has provided mental health training, which we know is so important in today's post-pandemic world, and has led mission teams on the continents of Africa, Asia, Europe, of course, North America, to focus on crisis and trauma, leadership development, and spirituality. She is the founder and overseer of Lisa H. Fuller Ministries and Christ Arms Reaching Ministry, which provides clean water sources, food, academic, educational, scholarships, tuition, school supplies, and all of that to and universities, to university students, um, primary, secondary university students in Kenya and East Africa, as in the process of constructing the Allison Elmer House, which is a shelter for homeless teenage girls and church planning partnerships in Liberia, West Africa. That's not all, okay? All of this is in Speakers Magazine. So if you want, if I'm reading it too fast, you can go back and read it here. But Dr. Fuller, she's got so many accomplishments and actually it's more than this, but she's also been recognized outstanding leadership in global ministries by uh, Bishop Edgar Band. Uh, she served as Distinguished Servanthood um, by Liberian Evangel Evangelical Baptist Convention, uh, Ghana, Liberia, Master Teacher in Humanity by the Rapid Response Christian Corps. So you can kind of see that. But she also has some books. Okay, so the books are there as well. Author of books um, in a series to aid missionaries on their journey. Uh, some of the books are Mission Minded Manual and the Mission Minded Journal. And soon to be released, that's what we're talking about now, Mission-Minded Managing Anxiety While Serving. She also has a goal to really bring mental health um, awareness and, and training to the Christian um, nonprofit organizations and really the community at large. You can see that she's been very, very strategic in her career. With that, I bring up Dr. Lisa. Yay! <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I mean, we, we got it together. So you were just in the December issue with Dr. Cindy Trim, and she is definitely a person that is very, um, has a call on her life as well. So let's kind of talk about your calling as well, because obviously you have a calling, you have the ministry, the missionary, and then also to the medical degree, which is psychiatry. So kind of give us that uh, background, I guess you would say, how you blend both I guess you say the secular and the Christian, because obviously going to medical school, you can't go in there and just say, oh, you know, we're going to pray your problems away. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we, we got we got some psychiatry work to do. So kind of tell us how that all came about. Well, I just want to share this. First of all, thank you. 
You know, it was really weird because I always felt like out of place, like something didn't fit and it didn't match and it didn't go together because when I'm hearing on this side and this side and it's like, okay, I'm a Christian psychiatrist and everyone looks at me like, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. So over time, and I mean, this was like an inner struggle. It's like, you know, asking God what to do, how to do it. And the thing is, we're unique and each one of us is placed here for a reason. Mm -hmm. And so at one point in your life, and for me, I mean, it could have been like, you know, I want to say, oh yeah, it was 20 and it was 30. No, we're talking fifties. Okay. <laughs> it's wow. taken a long time to accept that because you hear so often in the churches, don't listen, don't take the mess. Or sometimes in our culture, yeah. you know, don't trust those people. They want yeah. to, you know, give you things they don't tell you. And so you have to find it. I found it in myself to, to speak up and say, well, wait a minute. You know, not everybody's like that. You know, I know there's a lot of times where, you know, things have occurred to Tuskegee, you know, experiment, et cetera, you know, but what about the people who, you know, look like us, uh, talk like us? And the thing is gender. Um, there are people who want to help other people just because, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's really the main thing because you've got, explain to us the difference between psychiatry, psychologist, <laughs> and a psychotherapist. Those three things that the average person is like, I just know I got some problems. Who do I distinguish between each one of those and how that, how you chose one over another? Because being a psychologist, I know it's different from being a psychiatrist, but why the, why is there additional training for each one and what is the purpose of each? In a nutshell, I'll first tell you this in a nutshell. I'm really like bottom of the line. You know, it's like bottom line is I went to med school. So therefore, psychiatrists, we go to med school and we can practice. So basically, I have two sons and my desire is always to, you know, like do and participate with them and share and experience. I say all that to say I initially was groomed to be a surgeon. And ah. what happens is I decided I, I didn't want to stay in the hospital all day and all night because mm -hmm. I wanted to spend time, you know, with my kids. I wanted to see them grow up and I wanted to do things. If you're certain you have to be in the hospital all the time. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and so I found that out when I did my internship. I did my internship in Toledo, Ohio. And literally, I lived in the hospital for one year, meaning our rooms were attached to the hospitals. For one year, my mother kept my children. And it was at the end of that internship, I realized, no, don't want to do that. I'm talking about after multiple surgery rotations, ENT, proctology, you know, general surgery. No, 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 no. I don't want to do this. <laughs> yeah, you got it. You saw your values in terms of this yeah. is the value, and and a lot of women I think um, have that 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 kind of um, turning point in their careers where it's like what really matters the most to them personally. I, I know for sure um, Diane Swanson was um, a friend of mine, and she was a doctor. She's in medical school, and she's she has six children, seven children. And, and really you saw her values were children, right? So she doesn't practice, but she just had the medical degree, but she didn't go through a lot of the, um, she just didn't, it was just like, kind of like what you said, like, nope, nope, this is not for me. And she was, I think she was going to be an internist. So okay. she would have been, she would have had to been in the hospital a lot and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. Yeah. So I get what you're saying. So a psychiatrist 
goes through medical school, all of that, one of the things I hear the difference between a psychiatrist and a psychologist is that the psychiatrist can prescribe medicine and the psychologist really can't. Mm-hmm. But you both deal with the mental or counseling, I guess you would say. Is that true? Yeah. And, you know, the psychiatrist is the head of the interdisciplinary team. In addition to that, um, what happens is, is that you you lead and, and, and you teach. For me, every moment is a teachable moment, whether it's clerical or to the psychologist, to the social workers. And I mean, there are sometimes in my private practice, I do therapy, psychotherapy, but I also primarily uh, do medication. And I'm real conservative, meaning I'm conservative when I, uh, so just because there's an issue or just because someone's referred to me doesn't mean I always prescribe meds. Mm, Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's good. Because when you think about it, social media, the pandemic, the rise of so much social media. I mean, just people are like, they said that people have the brain of a goldfish, right? It's like everything is moving so fast. So, and the, but, but the younger people, their self-esteem is really taking a beating with social media because of comparison. I, I don't know what it would be like if I had social media in middle school like when I was going. I mean, it's bad. middle school is bad enough to, to then have to compare yourself to somebody 24 hours, seven days a week on social media or TikTok or whatever. And then also to the pandemic. The pandemic has a lot of, besides people having lost, it just has a lot of um, anxiety around the whole thing about the that. So the world... And the frontline workers, they probably had the br- the brunt of it, right? Just just seeing all of that. So have you found that you as a psychiatrist, as a speaker, as a consultant, as a missionary, has your role changed? Has it increased the amount of um, help, I guess you would say, people need? Because I've seen people doing some really crazy stuff lately. It's been like I gun things. Just the other day, a little six-year-old shot his teacher. I was like, who, what is going on? What is going on, Dr. Fuller? (laughs) (laughs) Let me answer the second part first. (laughs) I'm going to be honest with you. Little children, or I should say children, they mirror things. Mm -hmm. And also, they have to go through trauma that we didn't have to. I didn't see this type of trauma. We didn't have this magnitude of trauma. So the trauma that a child is, you know, not I'm not saying it's every day the average, but it may experience, they can act that out. I mean, it may be, they're not going to just say, I'm depressed, et cetera. I mean, they're going to hit, yell, scream, et cetera. They may just be disruptive in class. So what happens is, is that we're seeing it, and not only that, but the level of frustration and anxiety and the acuteness, it is definitely, you know, it's magnified. Mm-hmm. And also the uncertainty. One of my patients, actually several of my patients said, well, you know, I get really anxious when I look at the news on the TV. My thing is cut it off. Just cut exactly. it off change channel. That's an easy one. I, I definitely am like that. I do not watch the news late at night before I'm going to bed because I'm taking all those thoughts with me to bed. And yes. All negative. And there's n- there's no nice news on the on CNN. Okay, it's all like <laughs> you know. So yeah, I, that is that's really good. Yeah, and then for myself, one of the things I had the opportunity to do, and I've always said even before the pandemic, is to travel to different places where there was trauma. So 
uh, in Haiti, in different parts of, because um, I, not the recent earthquake, but I remember the first one, I was there three times with Dr. Sabrina Black, my mentor. Mm -hmm. But um, what happens is I've had the opportunity to travel with global projects. I was on their board and then I later became the mission director when I stepped down from the board. So we traveled to different areas and different trauma areas. And then with the uh, Christian Medical and Dental Association, here we go, you know, and I like that because the impact, you know, the people are there. I remember, let me tell you the story. I remember after the earthquake, we were inside one of the little Kmart tents. I mean, one of the little tiny tents that you go fishing in. And there were five of us and we were talking about grief. And I mean, it, we were sweating and everything, but there were five of us. And that's not to mention the other people who were in other tents. But it was amazing. We were there for half an hour. It was impactful. But the reality was that was the need, you know, mm. just a hundred degrees. You know what I'm saying? Wow. It was a need. That is, you know, it's definitely a calling. And I know Dr. Sabrina Black, I saw not too long ago. It is definitely a calling. It's something that probably she wouldn't have picked for herself because it is <laughs> not very comfortable. Uh, I have a... Um, another client, uh, Dr. Patricia Bailey. So Dr. Pat will go to the Katrina or go to, um, you know, wherever there's like bad things that are happening and she'll, like you said, Haiti or, or mm -hmm. things like that, you know, in Sudan and we'll go and like rescue people who are being human trafficking. And it's like, wow, this is, I mean, I see the need, but then there's something on the inside of you that makes you want to say, hey, I'll go. Mm -hmm. So when did you know that was the thing inside of you to say, hey, send me? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm from West Virginia, so I'm a storyteller. So <laughs> when I was a kid, I, I, I said, they said, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? And I said, I want to change the world. And everyone's like, mm -hmm, okay, you know, that's nice as a little girl. You know, it's like, okay, you get older and you tell someone that type of response and it's like, um, yeah, okay, you know, just like what's going on. But then what happened was in my residency, I said that I want to change the world, meaning to do that. And uh, they said, well, are you a little bipolar? And <laughs> but no, and I'm going to tell you, I remember sharing with Bishop Van. I was in, in the Ministerial Alliance, and there were about 100 to 150 of us. And he said, where are you going to go this year? And so I started to list the places because at the end of one year, I list for the next year. And so I said, you know, this year, you know, bright eyes, I'm going to Bulgaria, and I'm going to Panama. And, I'm going, and he smiled. You know, I just love him. I just love him. But what happens is, is that it sounds grandiose, but the reality is, I heard from God and God said, you're going to, you know, Panama, you're going to South Africa. And I went, you know, I went to all those places, you know, when I'm called. I remember being on the airplane and I just came from a convention in Tampa and I touched the man, tapped the man on the shoulder beside me. And I said, oh, what are those, you know, um, uh, uh, bridges? And he was asleep. It was just me and him. And um, I said, oh. They're the same bridges. Maybe they did duplicates, but I didn't say anything. And then I saw as we begin to land, and I thought, what's going on? There were these little uh, space-looking men, you know, these men in these space suits. And I was like, what's going on? I wonder who they're coming to meet. They're coming to meet our plane. Our engine had blew up. But this is the story right here. 
God had told me before I went to the convention that I was going to South Africa. So I had already packed, already had my tickets and everything. And so I looked at him. He's like, okay, well, you know, we'll be all right. I said to myself, you know, God, you told me I was going. I'm already packed, got the ticket, and I believe you. So I turned over, and that was it. And they came on. They escorted us off. And guess what happened? I went to South Africa. So you know deep inside it's not for everybody. It's not yeah. for everyone. It is. And there's some people that will have the heart to give to the missionaries because missionaries need money. I mean, they're they're not going on their own dime. So they people are funding that. I have a... Um, Tamira, I think she does something with uh, Africa where clean water is like really mm. the main thing. And she's, she's, it's the first time her, her mission is to see it firsthand. And it's almost like she's not a missionary. She's really a businesswoman. She makes a lot of money. She gives to that, but she wants to see it firsthand. And she's bringing other African-American people to actually see this as well, not for them to work, but just for them to see, to give the money to mm -hmm. the people who are going to do the work. Because it's one thing to kind of say, oh, you know, we're going to help with the clinic, but to actually be in the environment, meeting the people and seeing the need firsthand and doing what you can. And then knowing that they're going to evangelize and tell other people to give money as well. Yeah. So that's what it, I just, uh, I applaud you for so much education that you have. I mean, you got the degrees, the medical degree, the, I mean, this is the chemistry, like who has a chemistry degree? As I guess if you want to be a surgeon, you want to do that. But it's just like amazing to me to see all of it. And then to still be so uh, humble, you know, mm -hmm. just humble in terms of all the things that you do. So out of all the things and the patients that you have and the consultant, how did you write these books? So there's some <laughs> discipline in this. So how many books do you have? Five. Five. Yes. Five books. Yes. So when people say that they don't have time to write one book, you've done five and you are a psychiatrist, right? With a real practice yes. in, in different states, not just Michigan, Michigan, Ohio, Indiana, and West Virginia, right? <laughs> so how what, what are the books and how does each one, why did you decide that, okay, I've got to write this book? these books well i have to say this writers write yes and so therefore for me with anything you make a conscious effort this is what i'm going to do and this is what i'm going to carve out i'll give you something I, I i my grandson he's two so he speaks english and spanish fluently so therefore every night i practice spanish it's the same thing you want to write a book guess what you carve out time it could mm -hmm. be 15 minutes, 30 minutes, or an hour every night. You just do it. There you go. So that that's how I did it. That's it. And then one of the books has to do with your mission, which is Mission Minded Manual and the Mission Minded Journal. So was it because when you were on the mission field that you wanted to give people this kind of, um, I guess some people maybe have like stars in their eyes, like, oh, I want to do missionary work. I want to travel the world. And you were like, no, let me let me show you or what tell me what the book is about. <laughs> well, when I when I lead people on the field, I want them to be equipped. And the reason I say that is is because and then we do training leading to it. So they may ask me like six or seven times, what do I take? What should I take? What should I put in my purse? What should I put in my overhead? Should I take glasses? Should I take two pairs of sunglasses? So the the manual 
it's listed literally and it kind of goes by and it says do this and do this put this put that. this in you know your your overall your small bags take two pairs of sunglasses three pairs of sunglasses boots and you know it just kind of sound like a girl scout or a campfire girl right it's just kind of like be prepared be prepared it's like we got i'm telling you that is so important because people just think like hey you can't go to cvs when you're out there Mm -mm. <laughs> <laughs> you can't go to walgreens it's like well i'll just pick that up no that is it no. and then the other books as well what were the other three well, the journal is, of course, a journal that accompanies that. And then God is love. And then I have God in love in English. Then I have a Spanish version of it. Okay. And so what it is, is, is that it reminds me of a grandmother or a mother basically reading and telling their children, this is who God is and this is who Jesus is. And I have watched a grandmother read the book to her grandchild. And he said, and at the end, do you want to receive Jesus? And he's like, yeah. And he goes through the grandmother, takes him through the prayer and he receives Jesus. So that's awesome. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And that's probably one of the tools that you use probably in the, in the missionary as well, because you people want to know how to do that in a very simple way. And that's yeah. How you break things down when you have all these degrees is just amazing to me, right? <laughs> just like you go, you're going to break all this down in very, very simple terms. So when we are um, looking to hire or look for a speaker, that kind of thing, what are some of the main topics that you speak on specifically? Is it um, is it to women? Is it to about trauma? What what are I guess you say your hot topics? Well. My, I'll, I'll tell you my passion first, and then I'll tell you the topics. My passion is Christianum, bringing, uh, closing the bridge, your first question, closing the bridge with respect to secular and Christianum with respect to mental health, removing mm -hmm. the myths. Now, yeah. I say all that to say is, is that the majority of time I'm asked to speak to organizations with respect to uh, depression, signs of depression, mental illnesses, diagnosis, what to do when someone's in a crisis. Mm -hmm. You know, you have this person sitting beside you and they're crying all the time. How do I mean, you know, you know, they're not going to, you know, shoot up the place. So right. I talk and help people to kind of navigate their way through, you know, and that's the majority of uh, training uh, chaplains because a chaplain, when you think of a chaplain, you think of a Christian chaplain. A chaplain could be someone who's Muslim, could be someone who's mm -hmm. Buddhist, could be someone who's Christian. And again, my section I've trained chaplains on is mental health. And, um, you know, someone's suicidal. You don't walk with their hand in your hand and just think they're going to be better or leave them. Or when someone is grieving and you say, well, I understand how you feel. You don't because you're not them. Right. So helping and equipping, you know, chaplain and people in organizations who go out on the front lines, but also people who are in business and they're, you know, interacting with people every day thinking, huh, this person looks kind of suspicious. Or it could be someone who, a family member. So those are key topics. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. A lot of mental health issues, um, substance abuse. Mm -hmm. um, grieving, grief recovery. Uh, Dr. Portia Lockett, she's a chaplain, but then she recently lost her son and um, to, to gun, gunshot, gun, you know, murder. And from that, she went through grief um, recovery um, herself and then decided, and, and 
this is just how God sometimes works. And now she has a whole foundation. She does grief recovery specialists. And, and it kind of coincides a little bit with being a chaplain, but a chaplain doesn't do the same thing as a grief recovery specialist. Sometimes in a hospital, when they, they said, do you want to see a chaplain? It's like, is it that, is it, is it that time? You know, it's like, it's never like, sometimes it's like when people get to the point where in the hospital, it's like, you can call a chaplain, you see the chaplain come in, people are just like, oh, I feel so bad. But with her being a chaplain was always to uplift people, to pray with the people, be with the family. And sometimes people will pass, sometimes they won't. But then even with the family, now she can kind of take a little bit further, you know, and all of these things are um, part of the mental part of um, helping people. Yeah. Wherever they are. And that's one of the things that I see that your career has done, that you're helping people wherever they are, whether they need training, whether you're speaking from a platform, whether you're writing a book, you're doing a children's book, you're doing a manual, but you it's it's a um, it's an entrepreneurial type of thing that you have, you know, where you're seeing a need and you're fulfilling it. So one part of your, your, um, in the speakers magazine, we say we're consultants. So when you're saying consultant, is it with organizations that what you were saying that need mental, um, you know, mental skills training, what are, what are some of the companies I guess you consult with? Well, they're, they're a for-profit and they're non-profit. Um, I remember last year I had the opportunity to do presentation for the, um, let me make sure I get this right, the Army Corps of Engineers. <laughs> and um, I've done, uh, spoke for an organization, a parenting organization in Atlanta and in uh, California. And I want to tell you something that's really interesting is, is that when I was in my 20s, and now I'm many moons beyond that, what happens is, is that, you know, people would say, oh, can you do this? Can you do that? Not really knowing what I was doing or just I was just doing what I was taught to do. Just I was taught to, you know, a certain thing. So I was just sharing with the group what what it was. And I didn't never I never knew or had impact on had an idea of the impact in speaking. And now as I, I've gotten older, it's burn has come up inside yeah. of me, you know, so I yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's one of the things when you can instruct someone or even like have them as a patient. But when 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 you stir up people from the platform or speaking, it's a whole nother different way where they see you and then they have questions and you kind of bring that up and people can feel closer. Like you said, one of the things, the difference between uh, the mental health and how people see mental health if you're in the church, sometimes they say, oh, you know, you, you shouldn't really go to, you know, you don't need the mental professional, mental health professional, because they think Jesus is just going to, Jesus will work it out, right? <laughs> and he will, but sometimes there's some some medication that may need to help someone that has, I don't know, ADHD, you know, I'm just saying, just, you know, I'm not sure, you know, I'm not saying, anything, but, you know, there's some things that you know that, that God will anoint and appoint a psychiatrist that will help you. So all things can't be like, oh, it's just going to be spiritual. So I can see how you want to bridge that gap. It's not too many. I know there's a, an association. I think Dr. Sabrina Black is in it as a Christian association of Christian counselors or mm-hmm. Christian counselors association. And, and the reason why they are really around is that because people wanted to have some counseling, but they didn't feel that like, like it was Christian to get counseling. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Like, as a Christian, I feel bad. Like I shouldn't have to get counseling. But so the whole organization is about that. And so is there an organization that you're part of this like Christian psychiatrist? Or- yes. It mm-hmm. is? Okay. It's the Christian Medical and Dental Association. And oh, my very first missionary trip ever, 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 ever was with them. And it was to Siberia of all places. Oh, my God. <laughs> Okay. You would definitely have been called. <laughs> I was like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> oh my god! Amazing. The the president of the Republic of Tuva, he invited us there, so we were his guests. But this is what's so amazing. So when Putin was elected, um, as you know, in his position, I was there in Red Square one time. I mean, just amazing things that God has done. And so I say all that to say is as they travel throughout the world, they have multiple, multiple missions all over, even now. But I want to tell you one other thing, if it's okay. The um, I've had the opportunity to teach at Destiny School of Ministry. And um, uh, with respect to uh, counseling and just different uh, missions. And what's really interesting is, and I share this, is that in Christian counseling, uh, well, let me just share this. God heals three ways. He heals, you know, how he wants to because he's sovereign. So mm-hmm. signs, wonders, and miracles. He heals over time, but he yes. also heals by using clinicians. There you go. Mm-hmm. That's it. That is That is so true. And so it's not just one way or no way. It could right. be over time. It could be by signs, wonders, and miracles, or it can be through a vessel, mm-hmm. you know, and that vessel was trained. Yeah. <laughs> so God, that is, that is, I think that's liberating. Yeah. I think that's liberating. I think people need to hear that. And so many times when I see, um, there's been so many suicides of um, famous people and the non-famous people, but suicide is, 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 is traumatic if you're famous or not famous, but when you're famous and the family has uh, someone that, um, you know, Twitch was was one of them, where he committed suicide, it's just they have no privacy. Now, not only are we dealing with the suicide, but then, you know, everybody who is associated and follows him on Instagram or Twitter or whatever it is, it's now they're all feeling it as well. Yeah. And the family can't have any privacy because everybody wants to know why. And the family wants to know why too. So it's mm-hmm. like, wh- wh- why is this got to be on TMZ 24 seven about a particular, and so it's so much. I remember, I'm going to go see the a movie um, with uh, Whitney Houston. I remember when Whitney um, committed suicide, it was just horrific. And people don't realize how much mental illness really can affect us that deeply. We're not even a part of the life of that person, but we feel it anyway. Mm-hmm. So someone will, you know, I didn't know Whitney, but I was remember crying and all that, you know, it's just like, oh my God. And sometimes I think what you just said, sometimes we have so much news at disposal that we can't unplug. And I think for our mental health, we do need to unplug from it every yeah. once in a while and plug into something that's more um, relaxing and peaceful, whatever it is to, to help with your, your mental health, whether you're doing exercises or, you know, a lot of my friends, you know, we're going to do yoga, we're going to do Pilates, whatever it is, we need some kind of release valve because people can explode. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> release valve is like, I can't take this. So yeah, that's, that is, I really appreciate the work that you're doing um, with the missions, with the nonprofit organizations. 
the, with the children's books. Do you have anything new that's up and coming that uh, you want to let our audience know about? I'm excited. I have a couple of things, if you bear with me. There's a women's devotion uh, I am working on. It's going to be out very, very soon. So I'm really excited about that because I just feel that in my spirit. And also, October, this is a ways off, but I want to throw it out there. October the 14th, we're having a Tri-County Mental Health Fair. And um, you can go to my website. And the reason we had one in 2022, and this one is going to be even better, it's going to have several speakers. We had a panel with, for example, uh, Community Mental Health, uh, Senator McDonald, uh, just different people. We had... um, healing rooms, praying rooms, uh, trauma specialists, Um, uh, uh, what is it, Uh, marriage with respect to depression, et cetera, anxiety, CPR. So I say all that to say there's a niche for everyone. There's something for everyone there. So it's coming Mm. up in October. Okay. That sounds good. That sounds good. Because when you say mental health care, so people will understand what a healing room does, um, what you know, dealing with relationships or any kind of thing. Everything's mental. Everything's mental and emotional, right? So it's like, okay, how do you, how do you handle all that? So that is like a big, large event that they go to your website, lisahfuller.com. They can get more information, stay connected with you, follow you on social media. You're on the different things you're on. You're in speakers magazine in the December issue. They can pull this out. Her information is there. If you want to, um, you know, contact her for any of her materials or just get her to speak, you know, before, you know, in front of your audiences and that sort of thing. So thank you so much for joining us today on Speakers Magazine Show. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. So, yeah, so speakersmagazine.com, you can just put in her name in the search bar. It's going to pop up. You'll see some video of her down there as well. But thank you so much for joining us today. All right. Bye-bye.